0: Heavenly Father, send your Holy Spirit to cleanse as the wind burn like fire within us that we may burn away those things in our hearts that are rooted, that they would dissolve and allow room for you to come inside and inhabit us and to teach us your ways Keep us on the narrow path that leads to eternal life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Um, Back in December last year, not too long ago, uh, I had the pleasure of hearing the Sunoco Men's Club sing. I don't know if you know that group. Has anybody heard them? It's a group of uh, African American men, retirees from Sunoco, who have been singing a long time. They bring the gospel music out to people. And uh, I was part of a live audience of current employees, about 100 or so, and just to set the the stage, they're just 10 or so men in their senior years. No guitars, no big drum set, just a very small little organ to keep them on cue and and on uh, tune because sometimes we lose that as we get a little older. And uh, lots of finger snapping, a lot of swaying. And, you know, it's so amazing that at lunchtime these Sunoco employees were swaying with us. There was a little Christmas cheer going on. And uh, so my favorite song in their rendition was Do What the Lord Say Do. And I think that really fits well with our scripture lessons today. But it's a song about the self-life. It's about the suffering and hardship that comes with trying to live out our lives by ourselves by walking to the left or the right and looking for answers in the wrong places. And it kind of, when they sang it, it sounded like this. They'd have an echo going on. And I, golly, will we should have gotten together earlier because this is going to be horrible. But um, they they basically sung this. They said, I tried this, it didn't work. I tried that, it didn't work. I got a wife, it didn't work. I've tried everything under the sun. I'm going to do What the Lord says do, I'm going to do what the Lord says do. I should have snapped my fingers anyway because it would have been. Anyway, but I've got it on my phone. I can prove to you it's a real song. And it, it just so simplifies the message. And it simplifies what the world that Jesus went into and the religious world and the oppression that people were under. Simply do what the Lord says do. Well, today Jesus continues his Sermon on the Mount, teaching that if you want to live in relationship with God, you're going to be different. You're going to give when others take. You're going to love when others hate. You come alongside when others suffer. You give up your own rights to serve others. Jesus is literally turning the world upside down. You do what the Lord says do, not as the world says. And so as Jesus taught some of those in the crowd, in this crowd of thousands of people on the Sermon of the Mount, well, there were some experts in the law out there listening, and their ears were pricked up. And these experts in the law who were hearing Jesus, they were good at explaining the law and telling others how to obey or to obey without even putting the law in their hearts. And practicing it themselves. Living two lives, essentially. And even the prophet Isaiah, 600 years before, spoke about how these experts would be caught up into religiosity. He said this in chapter 29. He said, and the Lord said, because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. And their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. And we know that the, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But here he's saying there's going to be a fear in people that, about a commandment that's taught by men. That if, pe- if, if people are out there in the world grabbing for money, power, and greed, well, I'm sorry, but the church at that time was doing the same thing. We're in the fray. And it was these same experts in the law, if you'll remember, that became angry, angry enough to kill Jesus. And from Proverbs, which we're studying in our Christian ed adult class, Proverbs 24 verse 2 says this, For their hearts devise violence, and their lips talk of trouble. The world today. He's saying that really the true path that leads to righteousness must come from deep within us, deep within the heart, deep within the soul, not just on our lips. People who believe God's word but are without the transformative power of grace in our hearts are lost. We're lost without the Holy Spirit's flame burning like a a pilot light. A spiritual pilot light that is burning within us. Remember when Nicodemus came to Jesus in the cover of night? He was an expert in the law, but he was ashamed that this new rabbi was cutting deep to the heart. And so Nicodemus comes in the cover of night and asks Jesus, What does it take? What does it take to really understand? He learned that nothing short of radical transformation, like being born again, not physically born again, but spiritually born again, can one be enabled to live as a disciple. And this heart change, this spiritual heart change comes from outside of ourselves. It has to, because what's inside of us has to be regenerated. It has to be cleared out. It's what God does on the inside of us by his regenerative grace and not ourselves. And we give up the self-life. And so the law was given so that fallen humanity would be spiritually reborn to realize we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all on that same level. Just as bad as Hitler. One of the commandments failed is all of the commandments failed. But when we fall short of God's glory, we come to the knowledge of ourselves and the end of ourselves, and we say, hey, we, I need a Savior because I can't do this on my own. And so that's why God sent his only son, a Savior who followed the law perfectly to carry out God's redemptive plan and begin it in our hearts. So when Jesus, again, was asked by the experts Which of all the commandments are the most important? They just weren't talking about ten commandments. By the time Jesus was walking the earth, there were 613 Hebrew commandments piled on top of the ten commandments. How would you like to try to walk out paralyzed by religiosity? Uh, uh, Jesus presses the easy button. The law can be summed up in relationships. Love the Lord your God with your whole being. And then love your neighbor as yourself. I've equipped you. If you love me first, I can help you love others. Vertical first and then horizontal. And that's the shape of the cross. That's giving up the self-life. You know the commandments 1 through 4 about our relationship with God, that vertical relationship. And then commandments 5 through 10 deal with the process of with God's love and how we would love our neighbors. We love each other like God loves us. So number five, honoring your father and mother with the hope that they would pass down their love for God and for you before they pass away. That was all part of the generation of believers that God had planned. And you look in Deuteronomy 6 if you want to look closer to that. And you know none of us have had perfect parents. But we have a perfect heavenly father who thinks the world of us. Paul speaks of this in his letter to the Romans. He says, You have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters of the living God by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's an intimate relationship that the Pharisees would have just blown them away. Daddy, he's holy, but he can be approached Abba, Father, for the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are simply children of God. And yet, if we're children of God, then we're heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Such good words for the suffering servant. And so today, Jesus goes on to teach us about anger, lust, divorce, and oaths. These are hard sayings. Why? Because the Ten Commandments are just the beginning. Jesus says it goes down to the heart. And so he first expands on commandment number six, you shall not murder. Perhaps because it all started with anger, with jealousy, even in heaven, In the heavenly realm, the created order of angels, there was a rebellion, a cosmic rebellion, and Lucifer, the most beautiful angel, was cast out of heaven with a third of the angels because he was jealous. It started with anger. Why did did Cain kill Abel? The Lord, it, it says in Genesis, the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering more than Cain's. And so instead of allowing that to be a teaching moment like we all need, Cain took it upon himself, and the words say, very angry. Cain was very angry, and his face fell. I, I get the sense that a face fallen looks like if looks could kill, they probably will. And he did. Cain's anger began in his heart, you see, and then carried out to the killing of his brother. And if we are angry, then we really have to be honest with ourselves. We can't really love our neighbor if we are angry. Jesus wants us to practice thought control so that our minds might become the mind of Christ. So that our emotions don't leap out of control. Having a mind like Christ, who always has the end in mind explains how the mind of God works. That's, that's what he's doing. That's what his teaching is all about. So he tells us that anger can lead to violence, emotional wounding, increased stress, and spiritual darkness and separation from the one who wants to love and heal us. We walk away from the one who wants to come and heal us. So we shouldn't allow, he says, shouldn't allow a problem or a grievance to fester isn't that our typical response? I'll just let it, I'll just, I'll just let it, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll. Because typically we find out later, if we confront the person, it, it was unintentional, it was a misunderstanding anyway. That's not what I meant. And yet we go to third parties and fan the flames of another kind of fire. As we told, talked to Vestry this past week, we can throw water on fire or we can throw gasoline on fire. And the fire is what whatever's being said. We're hypocrites if we claim to love God while we hate others. And so our attitude toward others really reflects our relationship with God. And Paul said this in Romans 7, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. I cannot do what is right. I know what to do is right, but I can't carry it through. I can't execute. And Jesus teaches here about the lust of the flesh, that the wandering eye or the hand can utterly and ultimately carry out the sin of adultery. A systematic escalation, if you will. What the heart desires, the will chooses, and the mind justifies. A systematic escalation. To be faithful to our spouses with our bodies but not our minds is just as bad, Jesus says, that breaks the bond that is so vital to a strong marriage. And then he really cuts the heart in divorce. I know this is a hard teaching. I agree. Jesus says that the rule is more than just a rule. If we had just been there in Genesis when a man shall leave his parents and cling to his wife. It was to be a formation of the character of the covenant community. It was to be a covenant. And if you're like me, I entered into marriage not being discipled about really what a covenant meant. I I wasn't discipled that marital faithfulness is a symbol of Christ's own faithfulness for a permanent relationship that comes with forgiveness and reconciliation. And I learned this late in life, thanks be to God, that my wife and I both learned it together. And so Richard Hayes wrote this wonderful book called the Moral, the, titled The Moral Vision of the New Testament. And he says this about marriage and divorce and remarriage. He says we must recover the vision of marriage as an aspect of discipleship and as a reflection of God's unbreakable faithfulness. So that's what the formation and the intention of of marriage was. But since marriage is a covenant before God, divorce is contrary to God's will. That's what Jesus is saying. But the certificate of divorce was given by Moses because it was out of control. And he had to do something. Except in ordinary circumstances. And Jesus agrees with this in Matthew. There are occasions... When one partner so deeply wrongs the other that the marriage cannot continue, the hardness of the heart may afflict and overwhelm our ability to live as Jesus' disciples. And, And fourthly, remarriage after divorce cannot be excluded as a possibility. So the community of the church, it's us, the church, the hands and feet of Christ, must seek to find ways to provide that koinonia, that agape love and build friendships for those who are divorced people who choose not to remarry. We must work with compassion at recovering a vision for singleness as an authentic vocation. And so it should be in our DNA to forgive as Christ forgave us. We are adopted children of the living God. And so finally, Jesus emphasizes the importance of telling the truth. Now, my mom had only one question when it came to my integrity, and she would say, is this your word of honor? It was a yes or no question, and here we've got, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And if I hesitated, it probably meant no. (laughs) But remember, though, what he's saying here is that when we make an oath before God, When we make a vow before God, we cannot do so casually. Our society breeds distrust when politicians and officials in public trust swear falsely. They put the hand on the Bible. I was there at your swearing in. Where did this come from? How do we know the truth? God holds those accountable who swear by his name or make a vow or an oath. I didn't think about that either when I was growing up. There's a lot to ponder in today's scripture lessons. God sent Jesus to remind us why we need a Savior in the first place, okay? We could not approach God for eternal life without a Savior whose righteousness has been given to us by grace on the cross. And He never lets go. Never lets go. Let's close with these beautiful words from Romans chapter 8, 38 and 39. And this is where the confidence comes in. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So do what the Lord says do. And we are in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.